be here, and I get to attend the uh, wedding shower tonight. I just, <laughs> Amen. I know they're a little older couple there, but that's all right. Amen. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't stuck my foot in my mouth. I was just going to ask them if they had any marriage counseling yet. What a, what a great honor. See, this is a beautiful couple here. We love them. Amen. I like to pull up the live stream and see Brother Eddie running around church. You know, I like to see that. You can tell when he's running around church. Amen. I'll pull it up, you know, and I'll see what's going on. Oh, there goes Brother Eddie. He's gone around church. Amen. Well, after they get married, I'm going to be looking for Sister Anna to run around that church. Woo, hallelujah. <laughs> oh, we all have different ways that we worship the Lord, right? <laughs> Amen. Praise the Lord. I used to be a runner a lot until I got arthritis in my legs. Amen. And I'll still do it if the Lord gets a hold of me. Amen. But, oh, I'm like Brother Eddie. I appreciate what the Lord is doing in their life. And just what a wonderful time. Uh, amen. I, I'm looking forward to that little shower back there. Hallelujah. You know, I had only 30 minutes of marriage counseling when me and Sister T got married, and some of y'all know that. Amen, Brother Clinton, and he, I met with him back here in his office back here, and he, he asked me, he asked, you kids, I was scared to death. Amen. I'm sitting in the man of God's office. I was shaking in my knees. I'm only 18 years old. Don't know what in the world I'm doing. I just know I just love this girl, and I'm fixing to get married. Amen. He, he said, you kids love each other. Yes, sir. <laughs> Amen. He said, good. He said, you stay full of the Holy Ghost and you'll stay married. Y'all have heard, heard me say that. That's on the best counseling I ever got. Because that works that way. I know you need more than that. Amen. I pastored and had a few marriage counseling sessions, but I just, I, I, I never have forgot that. Hallelujah. Stay full of the Holy Ghost and you'll stay married. Praise the Lord. One, one couple said, you know, they, somebody asked him. I heard this just the other day. They asked him and said, that thing been married 40 years. They said, what's the key of staying married so long? said, never go to bed angry at each other. He said, I did stay up for four months one time. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Woo, thank you, Lord. I done got in trouble already, Brother Jacob. <laughs> Amen. I, I see I'm getting you ready because I'm fixing to preach to you. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't you love the Lord and the preacher? Woo, thank you, Jesus. If you have your Bibles tonight, turn to Matthew chapter 27. Then we're going to also look at Mark chapter 15 tonight. Man, I like to see these young preachers on the front row. Brother Jacob shouting Hallelujah. Amen. Now, y'all heard some real preaching this morning. Yes, y'all did. Amen. Praise the Lord. You got one of the best. Amen. Stand for, you, for the reading of the word tonight if you can. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this church. God, we need your anointing that destroys the yoke. Lord, I ask you to touch me tonight, God. Touch your church. Touch your body. Lord, minister. In a special way, God, Lord, we'll be quick to give you the praise and the glory in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Matthew 27, verse 57. 
If you have it, say amen. It says, when the evening was come, there came a rich man of Arimathea named Joseph, who was also himself was Jesus' disciple. Let you catch that. You can be rich and be a disciple. That's what it says. I didn't say that. The Word says that. A rich man. Verse 58. And he went to Pilate and he begged the body of Jesus. Then Pilate commanded the body to be delivered. And when Joseph had taken the body, he wrapped it in a clean linen cloth. And he laid it in his own new tomb, which he had hewn out in the rock. And he rolled a great stone to the door of the sepulcher, and he departed. Turn to Mark chapter 15. I want to read Mark's account on this story. Matter of fact, this story is in all four Gospels. Very rare do you read of the same story in all four Gospels. But it's in all four Gospels, this story here. Mark 15, verse 42. says, and now when the evening was come, because it was the preparation that is the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, this is what Mark tells us about him, which also waited for the kingdom of God, he came and he went in boldly unto Pilate. And he craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead and calling unto him the satyrian. He asked him whether he had been any while dead. And when he knew it of the satyrian, he gave the body to, G to Joseph. He had bought fine linen. He took him down and he wrapped him in the linen and laid him in a sepulcher which was hewn out of a rock and rolled a stone unto the door of the sepulcher. You could be seated tonight. I want to use tonight Mark's verse here as a text. Amen. Where he said in verse number 43, it says that Joseph of Arimathea, honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God. He came and he went in boldly unto Pilate. And it said that he craved the body of Jesus. Amen. He craved the body. Think about that. The Bible says that as Joseph Arimathea went in before Pilate. Well, now, he's talk, we're talking about Jesus on the cross. We're talking about a body that's on the cross. And he went to Pilate and he begged or he craved the body. That's my thought tonight. That he craved the body. Amen. We have to know tonight then that the Bible gives us the analogy of the church being like the body of Christ. How many believes that? That we are the hands of Christ. We are the eyes of Christ. We are the feet of Christ. Amen. Whatever the Lord deals with us or speaks to us, even as a preacher, if he tells me to go here or there, that we become the feet of Christ. 
We go around sharing Christ. It's what we do. We know that the scripture gives us that. We can read there in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Amen. And we know this tonight. But I want to make note of the attitude that Joseph had toward the body. Amen. I want to make note of this, and I want you to see this. Now, the Bible does not give us much about Joseph's resume here. We don't read that very much about him. Matter of fact, and and I didn't read this portion of of the story here in John's gospel, but this is what he said about Joseph. He said, after this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, he besought Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus and Pilate gave him leave and he came therefore and took the body of Jesus. Amen. So not only was he part of the Sanhedrin court he was a, he was a high official among the religious crowd of his day and I'll just put it out in that way right there. Amen. And But there come a time he come to the end of the life of Jesus while he was on the cross and there's something that struck inside of Joseph that said, I've got to get that body off that cross. I've got to get him off that cross. I've got to do something where everybody else has forsaken him. Everybody has walked away from Christ. You know the story. Uh, most of you do if you read it. If you read any of the Gospels, uh, when they crucified the Lord, uh, all the disciples forsook him. Uh, everybody forsook the Lord. Uh, I know there were maybe his mother and other laid women that were at the, at the cross there. Uh, but there was something uh, that come inside of Joseph uh, that he realized uh, that I've got to do something. I've got to do something. Hang on for a minute. His resume is, the Bible says he was an honorable man. He waited for the kingdom of God. He was rich, a disciple of the Lord. In his day, he was very educated. Very educated. Amen. But I believe he was empty on the inside. He come to a point in his life. The Bible says that he waited for the kingdom of God. I'm going somewhere. Hang on. He waited for the kingdom of God. And being among that religious elite of its day. Amen. He realized when he saw Christ, when he was alive, he realized there was something in that man's life that he desired. Hallelujah. Oh, he desired something in him. Now, we don't know if he went to him at night like Nicodemus did, but I believe somewheres in the life of Christ when he walked the earth that Joseph Arimathea, he came in contact with Christ and he accepted him. But yet for fear of the Jews, he kept it on the inside of him. Hallelujah. But why would you seek a man like Christ? I'm telling you, church, he was empty. He needed something to fill that void on the inside that only Jesus can fill. Can I interject this thought? You'll never feel that emptiness without Christ. I remember me and Sister T, we had gotten married. We'd got away from the Lord, from this church. And oh, I became empty on the inside. We chased everything. Went to the movies three nights a week. Hello? (laughs) They say that's my favorite words. Hello, you listening? Oh, some of y'all getting nervous already. 
Amen. I said when I was backslid, I went to the movies three nights a week. Amen. 99 cents. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I'm telling you, I was a Chuck Norris fan. Amen. Oh, let me go see Texas Ranger Walker. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, but you know, I, I, we started buying things, you know, for three-wheelers back then. I was trying to feel that emptiness on the inside that only Christ can feel. It don't matter how religious you may be. You can still be empty on the inside. Oh, that's not even my notes. I could preach right there a while. Hallelujah. You can be religious. You can show up for church on Sunday morning and still be empty on the inside. Some people only go to church because that's because they know that's the only place they'll be accepted. I'm glad you go to church though. Amen. Because you are accepted here. Let me get off of that. I got to get to my message here. We got plenty of time. They got, they got cake and punch back there. Amen. I know. I'm, I, I said, I'm going to try to hurry up, Sister Anna. Don't worry, the Cowboys ain't in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Hallelujah. I done got in big trouble. Woo. At least you're in church tonight. Hallelujah. Boy, I don't care if the cowboys are playing or not tonight. You need to be in church. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. The VCR, whatever you call it. I don't know what you call that. Hallelujah. But oh, listen, I'm old. Brother Jacob ain't going to let me preach no more. <laughs> Amen. But, but, but he was empty on the inside. But if we can emulate his attitude for the body, what God can do in Victory Temple. Now, I'm going to share some at the end here. God, I was, in, I was in my bedroom this afternoon praying. God began to show me something in this text. But listen, if we could just emulate his attitude for this body, amen. The Bible says, Mark said that he craved the body, church. He had a craving for it. I mean, what, what, what language that, does the King James Version uses here? Amen. In Matthew, it says, he begged the body. He begged for the body. In Mark, it says, he craved the body. Hallelujah. Amen. What, what terminology that, 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 that the King James Version is using here? If you look up the Greek word there, simply meaning that he can't live without it. Hallelujah. Oh, such an attitude for the body of Christ. Amen. And I, I could preach all night on some of these thoughts here. But oh, if we can get that craving back for the body church I said if we can get that craving back for the things of God oh there's no telling what can happen amen maybe I'm preaching to some or preaching to people here tonight that does have a craving but maybe there's somebody here you've lost your craving for the things of God hallelujah I can tell you there ain't nothing more important than being in the house of God on a Sunday night where the spirit of God can move. I don't care if the Super Bowl's on or not. No matter if Dallas is playing or not. Give us a craving. We crave everything but Jesus in this hour. Am I preaching the truth? I know you're going to say that anyway. 
He craved the body. I hear some of the silliest things people stay home for. <laughs> oh, help me, gee, grandma's come over. You know what you need to tell grandma? I'll be back in about two hours, grandma. I'm going to church. A craving for the body. Can I come down here? Craving. We crave everything else. I remember, I know I've shared this story. I may have shared it here. I know you get old, you share the same old stories, Brother Keith. That's all right. <laughs> when, when Sister Tarp was carrying this little, this little fat, chubby boy right here. <laughs> no, he's not fat and chubby right now. When he was born, son, he, was, he had the biggest cheeks. We'd grab those things, we'd kiss on them, we'd squeeze on them. I'm going to embarrass the fire out of you, boy. <laughs> that, that had to be the best nine months of our marriage, pretty much. Sister T walking around that big old stomach. She's short. She's all stomach. Y'all still with me? About three o'clock. I done lost it. About three o'clock in the morning, she wakes me up. I said, what's the matter, mama? I'm craving something. Three o'clock in the morning? Are you kidding me? I'm dead asleep. I'm dreaming about Domino's Pizza or something. I don't know. Oh, but can you imagine? Three o'clock in the morning. I said, what do you want, honey? I want some chocolate chip cookies. So I got out of bed. Back then, Walmart's open 24 hours a day. Amen. I got out of bed. I went to Walmart and got a big old roll of chocolate chip cookies. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. We got, got back home 4 o'clock in the morning. She's making chocolate chip cookies. Hallelujah. What did you do, preacher? Did you go back to bed? No, sir. I started craving chocolate chip cookies. Hallelujah. Oh, thank God. But you know, I've said all that to say this. There was a craving on the end side of those chocolate chip cookies. I know there ain't no comparison, but God give us a craving for the things of God that I might get up at 3 o'clock in the morning and have a prayer meeting. I might get up at 4 o'clock in the morning and talk to God. Give me that kind of craving. Oh, hallelujah, church. He had a craving for the body. He craved it. I didn't say that. Scripture says that. His attitude. Well, that goes the fire truck. Praise God, I may be seeing fire up there. That'll be all right, won't it? Oh, listen. A craving. Church, we need a craving in this hour. Craving for the things of God. I know I've been there. I've lost that craving a few times. Even as a preacher, I have to watch myself. Amen. Lord, help us tonight. Listen, let me go on real quick. There's a point I want to get to. The Bible says that he went into Pilate boldly. Boldly. Do you know what that would have cost him? This is where Joseph come to the, to the fact, I don't care what my peers think about me. I don't care what my religious organization thinks about me. Hey Amen. I don't matter.
I may lose my position in the Sanhedrin. They may kick me out of the synagogue. Oh, but I've got to go and beg for this body. He went boldly. The Bible says he went boldly under Pilate. I'm telling you, church, that took some courage for that man to do that in that day and time that he lived. Anybody associated with Jesus, they wanted to kill them. Hallelujah. But he said, oh, God, I believe he prayed. He said, Lord, give me a boldness that I'll go in the pilot and I'll beg that body God give us a boldness back in the church I said give the church a boldness hallelujah they won't be afraid to proclaim this Christ no matter where you go we was at the youth conference Friday Thursday night and we went out there to the to the cafeteria and the line was all the way down I said honey you won't go somewhere else that line's long we're going to be Going to bed late. You get my age, you go to bed early. Right? And you breathe hard too because you're getting fat. But listen, I said, yeah. So we, now some of you are saying, well, you got to quit screaming if you're going to quit breathing like that. <laughs> well, I don't think I'll ever do that. I said, well, there's a Brahms. Let's go to Brahms. Went to Brahms. And there, we, we, we weren't too many people in there, but we got a little meal there. We was eating there. And there was a couple sitting over the other side. And that lady started coughing. You know, people start coughing, you freak out. We was at Chili's a while back, and this lady kept coughing and kept coughing. Oh, Benjamin got uncomfortable. <laughs> then my wife got uncomfortable. <laughs> Amen. But this lady was coughing. And I said, that lady's sick. She said she had a band or she had some kind of blood work or something that day. Well, we're walking out. And Sister T went up to her and said, what did you say? Be, God's going to heal your infirmity. Yeah, that's what she said. Walked up to that woman in the middle of Brahms. Don't know him, don't even know her. Be healed of your infirmity. Why'd you say that? Because God told me to. We didn't give her a name. We didn't give her our name or address. I want to believe she's healed right now. Now, listen, we don't go around practicing that kind of stuff. I know there's a bunch of goof stuff going on in the churches today. Amen. Oh, they're going to prophesy your social security number and everything. We're not told by that. But God gives. You see, we don't see miracles like we used to. It's because we're not bold as we used to be. Hallelujah. We're not bold, church. Amen. I'm not telling you to walk up to every sick person and say, be healed of your infirmity. But if God is speaking, if he speaks to you to go tell him, you got to do it, church. Oh, give the church a bold. The Bible says that he went into Pilate with boldness. God, give us boldness. Oh, let me go on real quick. Amen. Another thing about him. Now picture this. He's going to get that dead body off a cross, which is Christ. He's craving it. He goes into Pilate boldly. But then, amen, what happens next? I believe when he went to that body, he was very careful with it when he pulled it down. You think he just walked up there, put that ladder up against that cross if there was such a thing, and just yanked the arms of Christ off that nail. Went up there and just grabbed his body and yanked it off. I believe he had 
He was very careful with it. Amen. The same with us. we got to be very careful with this body. Amen. I know uh, I've been a little rough sometimes behind the pulpit. Amen. I've had the spirit of John, James and John. You want me to call fire down from heaven? Just burn them up. Amen. Jesus said, you don't know what spirit you're speaking of. Oh, hallelujah. They went into the village of Samaria there. And I was studying this out the other day. I thought it pretty interesting. He went in there. They didn't want to have nothing to do with Jesus. And John and James was upset about it. Let me call fire down. You don't know what spirit you're of. Amen. The Bible says he went to another village. But listen, in Acts chapter 8, the same John is sent back to Samaria to lay hands on them to receive the Holy Ghost. Y'all didn't catch that one. You don't know what spirit. You, you, you might minister to them down the road, John. You better be careful. Hallelujah. But God, we've got to be careful. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, I believe he wanted to get to that body. You see, their desire, that angry religious mob, they would have took the body of Jesus. They would have yanked him down before the Sabbath day. Amen. And threw him, the, the commentators say, they would have threw him in the garbage dump. That's what they did to every crucified victim. They threw him in the valley of Hinnom. That's where the garbage dump was. But I believe Joseph said, I've got to get to him before that religious religious crowd gets to him they would have taken that body and misused it and abused it they would have taken that body and threw it in that valley of Hinnom that garbage dump amen but you see let's listen to this that body had one more prophecy to fulfill yes sir God was not finished God said, when man got through doing what he did to that body, it's back to me. Now it belongs to me. Hallelujah. Joseph! Hope you're getting this in a minute. You'll get it in a minute. Amen. That body had one more prophecy to fulfill. That's why I believe God said, man's done done his worst. Man's done done what he's going to do. But now he belongs to me. And he spoke to Joseph, dealt with Joseph about getting that body off of that cross there. Before that religious, I know it's just a dead piece of flesh there. But it represented Christ. It was God that lived inside of that body. Hallelujah. But he had one more prophecy to to fulfill Isaiah 53 and 9 says he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death because he'd done no violence neither was any deceit found in his mouth he had one more prophecy fulfilled they wanted to wipe Jesus off their conscience amen listen to me church we must have the attitude of Joseph I got two more points and I'm closing listen to this he did something for the body when the body couldn't do nothing for him. Y'all didn't get that one. I'm going to show you a little bit what the Lord showed me this afternoon. He did something for the body. Jesus wasn't raising the dead. He wasn't healing the sick. He wasn't multiplying the bread. He wasn't doing what he was supposed, what he did when he walked this earth. He's not doing anything now. He's on 
cross. Hallelujah. Brother Jacob, I've seen the church in that position. Amen. Oh, I've walked in a few churches thinking, well, this church may can do something. No. Amen. Can I do something for the body when the body can't do nothing for me? Hallelujah. I've had them leave the church. I've pastored a few of them that said, this church don't do anything for me. I've got to go down the road and find me another one. Hallelujah. But what can you do for the body? I said, what can you do for the church? What can you do for the Lord? Hallelujah. When he's not blessing you, when he's not helping you, what will you do for him? I've had the attitude that can't bless me. I was talking to a young preacher the other day. Brother Jacob knows. As a matter of fact, Brother Jacob's his mentor. <laughs> Amen. But I was talking to him the other day, and he's preaching to a church that don't have a pastor in March. And we're talking. He said, I met one of the board members. I said, really? He said, yeah, we just are talking. We just preacher talk. You know, that's the way preachers are. He said, the last pastor left. He said, that board member told him, he said, listen, if you don't pay me my bonus, I ain't staying here. I said, you said that? If I'd have been a board member, I'd have said, hit the door, honey. You didn't get that one. That's what he told me. I said, you got to be kidding me. Amen. This ain't this ain't this ain't uh, Exxon Mobil. Amen. This is the Church of the Living God. Hallelujah. Oh, this ain't whoever you work for. This is the Church. Amen. The Church can't do nothing for me. Oh, Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if we can have the attitude of Joseph, let me do something for the body when the body can't do nothing for me. God, oh, He's not blessing me. He's not healing me. He's not helping me. Why don't you lift up and lift your hands? under him and say God I'm going to do what I can for you oh listen amen some people think the church is a welfare system amen I believe in helping folks church we are a compassionate people amen Joseph uses his own resources to bless the body I'm talking about a dead body church. I said, Joseph uses his own resources to bless the body. The Bible says he went and got fine linen. You know who put him on the cross, church? That religious bunch. You know what they did? They stripped him of everything until he was on that cross with no clothes on. That's what religion does. That's what religiosity does. That's what sinners do. They'll strip that body, amen, until there's nothing left. Oh, I could stay a while. Hallelujah. Can you imagine the wounds in that body? They said that they'd beat him so bad that the organs would appear in the back of, of Jesus because they whipped him with the cat of nine tails. Hallelujah. But you got to remember that Joseph saw a body up there that Christ lived in, that, oh, there's no clothes on him. It's a naked body. And the Bible says, said the Lord, that he brought a fine linen. Hallelujah. I said a fine linen. Amen. I believe he reached back and got the most expensive piece of material. Oh, 
if he had our day, honey, he'd have went to Dillard's. Hallelujah. I said he'd have went to Dillard's and bought the most expensive suit to put him in a burial. Are you hearing me, church? But it didn't stop there. The Bible says that Nicodemus brought a hundred pounds of spices for that body. A hundred pounds. In the Roman, in those days, a pound was 12 ounces. So that equals about 75 pounds of spices. I looked it up. In our day, it's about $150,000 worth of spices. In those days, they only used about the amount of five pounds to wrap up a dead body. They used it as an embalming process. Hallelujah. Oh, I could see them. I could see Nicodemus carrying that 75 pounds of spices. Oh, hallelujah. I believe he's saying within themselves, the Bible says he bought it. Oh, they took their resources and said, I'm going to bless this body. Hallelujah. The world hate him. The religious crowd hate him. But we love him. Hallelujah. We're going to go our best. We're going to do our best. Amen. We're going to wrap him up. We're going to smother that body with spices that when you walk by the tomb, you won't smell dead flesh. Oh, hallelujah. You'll smell the spices of myrrh and aloe. Hallelujah. Why? Because he loved that body. I'm telling you, the religious crowd will leave that body in that Things are getting big trouble. That's all right. There's been a many of churches, the few churches I've been in in my life, where that religious crowd left that body right there. Amen. I've walked in a few of them saying that church can't do nothing for me, but I'm not there for them to do something for me, like the one this morning. Amen. Let me tell you something, Victory Temple. This is what happened to Victory Temple a few years back. It's going to get quiet. I said, this is what happened to Victory Temple, Brother Gary. The religious crowd stripped it. I may not be popular tonight. I said, they stripped it, Sister Brenda. They stripped it to nothing. Hallelujah. Now, whoever that may be, I don't know. I'm not calling that. I don't know anybody. But I'm just telling you, I know for a fact Amen, where this church had got down to. I've seen many of them got to that position. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, a Joseph walked in here. I said, a Joseph walked into this place. Amen. Oh, Brother Jacob, I'm not trying to get, get brownie points here, right here. But I'm telling you, a Joseph walked in. Come here. Amen. Stand up. I said, a Joseph walked in this place with a piece of fine linen and said, I'm going to wrap it around this body. I'm going to use it. Oh. You may be dealing with shame. You may be dealing with struggles and wounds and hurt. But thank God, church, he sent a man by with a fine linen that said, I'm going to wrap it around you and let God have his way. I said, let God have his way. My God, help me, Lord. I'm telling you, that's a fact. That's why you've been seeing what God's doing. Because somebody walked in with fine linen, Sister Carolyn. Get a piece of it too. You walked in here with him. He can't do it without you. I can promise you that. It takes somebody that say, I'll do something for that body, even though it can't do nothing for me. Let me tell you something. 
It'll strip it of everything that it's got. Joseph brought an element of holiness to that body. Did y'all get that? He was up there with no clothes on. Wrapped it up. The shame. Even spiritually, Sister Laura. The shame that churches have to deal with sometimes. But give me a Joseph time. Come on. Give me a Joseph that cares so much for the body. I go in different places and preach. Oh, I'd love to walk out with a big fat offering. Say hallelujah. You like to have a fit, fat paycheck when you go to work, don't you? Okay. But I never tell a man how much it's going to take for me to go. I don't go there. Amen. You can, you can be embarrassed sometimes. <laughs> But see, I'm not there for what the body can do for me. I'm there for what I can do for that body. That I can wrap that fine linen. That You look in Revelation, that fine linen represents the righteousness of the saints. It represents moral purity. Amen. Oh, I believe God said that I had enough shame for that body. He said, I'm going to cover it up. He wrapped it in fine linen church. Amen. But I got one more point. You're hoping I ain't got ten more, right? Bible says he took him down and he put him in his own tomb. Not only did he wrap it in spices and fine linen, but he positioned that body for a resurrection. That's what you're doing, preacher. That's what you're doing, pastor. I don't like what you're preaching sometimes. Oh, that old fine linen sometimes, it gets tight. But you know what he's doing? He's positioning that body for a rapture. That's what he's doing. Amen. Today went to preach at a church. After it was over with, one of the sisters there said, I told my kinfolks about you. I said, really? They know you. I said, really? They told me, I said, if you come preach, it's going to be straight. I said, you're kidding me. I looked at my wife. I said, that's the kind of reputation I got? I thought I was a nice guy. I know Brother Jacob, he ain't laughing too loud. <laughs> Amen. I'm just old school. But listen, it's fine linen though. He wrapped it up. Listen, when, when Joseph shows up with that fine linen, he's there to help you. He's not there to hurt you. And he positioned that body in that tomb for a resurrection. They tell me that Europe and in, in, in North America... When they bury a dead body, they face it toward the east. Come on in. They, they face it toward the east. You know what they're doing? They're positioning that body for a resurrection. The Muslims, they position theirs to the northeast, to Mecca. Guess what? They ain't getting out of that grave. I want them all to get saved. Amen. When I, every funeral I preach, we bury that body toward the east, facing the east, positioning that body. That's what Joseph was doing in his, in his desire for that body. He was bringing it to a point that it can experience a resurrection. 21 days of renewal, church. You know what Joseph was doing? Positioning his body for a revival. Amen. Position this body for a revival.
Amen. That's what the man of God will do. You believe what I'm preaching tonight is the truth? Positioning the body. God, deal with us in this hour. God, move with us in this hour. Hallelujah. Listen, we can get down to our individual lives tonight. You may be dealing with shame in your life. You may be dealing with hurt in your life, wounds in your life. But I believe God's come by with a fine linen to wrap you around. To say, I've come to help you and to heal you. Hallelujah. Listen, God, let us not lose our craving for this body. Positioning the body for a resurrection. How many, how many loves the Lord tonight? He craved the body. Hallelujah. He craved it. He had a desire for it. Listen, I've been to a place in my life where I've lost that craving. I've lost that desire. I'm still going to church. Even standing behind the pulpit a few times. God would help me to have that craving back. Listen, God, we ought not have to beg a saint of God to come to the house of God. I can tell you that world didn't beg you before you got saved to come back to their places. You went anyway. You that went and hang out at bars before you got saved. I don't know if hope nobody ever did that, but if you did, I can tell you the bartender wasn't knocking on your door two weeks later because you didn't show up. They knew you'd be there. Amen. Same way, you know, I've had them, you didn't even come shake my hand. Well, you didn't shake mine. Well, I'll put some Chuck Norris on that thing. Brother Jago, you got to fix it. <laughs> I think he playing that one. I done broke the pulpit. I can tell you somebody done beat on this thing a few times. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, listen. God, give me that craving tonight. How many raise your hand and say, Brother Torbert, I want that craving in my life. Stand to your feet right now. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, Victory Temple, God has sent you in here with a man with a fine linen. Sent you a family with fine linen to wrap it around a body called Victory Temple. To position it for a rapture. That's what he's done. Hallelujah. You just ain't any old way and get out of here. It ain't going to happen that way. You got to live according to that book. Amen. Well, I'm a good person. That don't matter. I ain't never done nobody bad. That, that, you got to be born again. You got to live for him. I want to wrap that fine linen around it. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes right now real quick. Listen, we didn't, we didn't have a, the Lord's done helped us tonight. The Bible, look at, look at the attitude that Joseph had toward that body. I want you to be honest with God tonight, church. Brother T, I'm struggling with shame, with hurt, with wounds in my life right now. I need God to take that fine linen of heaven and wrap it around me right now. We could preach on the grace of God. We could preach on that being the love of God. Raise your hand to say, that's me, Brother Torbert. I need God to help me tonight. Raise your hand right now. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. 
You don't have to leave with wounds on the inside, church. You don't have to leave with shame in your life. They shamed the body of Christ, folks. They wounded that body. They tortured that body. That's what the devil will do, and that's what the religious crowd will do. Who else will raise their hand and say, Brother T, I need God to help. I need him to wrap that fine linen of love around me tonight and say, I need God.